I invite you now to open your Bibles and to turn to God's holy word as we find that in Acts chapter 3, verse 1, and reading through chapter 4, verse 12. The passage that we read this afternoon is in connection with where you are at in the Lord's Days of the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 11, which continues to deal with the Apostles' Creed and the explanation of it, and now comes to the significance of the name Jesus. Listen now to the word of our God. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us, as though by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And that... And that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me 
from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear the prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken, have also foretold these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our father, saying to Abraham, and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. Now as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. It came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which, the, which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So far the reading... God's holy word. <clears throat> Let's now turn our attention to the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 11. And here we come to the new section which speaks about God the Son and our redemption. Why is the Son of God called Jesus, that is, Savior? Because he saves us from all our sins and because salvation is not to be sought or found in anyone else. Do those who seek their salvation or well-being in saints, in themselves, or anywhere else, also believe in the only Savior, Jesus? No. Though they boast of him in words, they in fact deny the only Savior Jesus. For one of two things must be true. Either Jesus is not a complete Savior, or those who by true faith accept the Savior must find in him all that is necessary for their salvation. So far. And after the sermon, we will sing 
hymn 68, the stanzas 1 and 5, which speak about Jesus being our sure defense, so we have no need to fear or waver. theme for the sermon is the eternal Son of God is given the name Jesus and this name reveals first the character of our salvation and secondly the glory of our salvation. Dear brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, what does it mean for you to believe in Jesus? Every Lord's Day we say it, boys and girls, adults together, I believe in Jesus. We said it again this afternoon. But what does that look like living as a child of God? Do you and I believe in the person and work of Jesus as revealed on the pages of Old and New Testament? Or has the way we think of him been distorted by human opinions, philosophies, and ideologies? The last decades have, been, have seen a tremendous shift in thinking among people. Also those who confess to be followers of Jesus. We've come to a point where orthodoxy is defined by one's ideological affiliation rather than by standing on the firm foundation of God's holy word of the doctrines of the Old and New Testament and many who describe themselves today as evangelical Christians are less concerned about theological and doctrinal precision than they are about having their say on the issues of the day. Your identity as a Christian today is so often determined and defined by where you stand in politics rather than by your union with Jesus. Well, there's nothing new under the sun, is there? For was that not the snare for the people of God throughout church history. I think of the many stories of the Old Testament where the people did not look to the Lord to save them from their oppressors, but they sought liberty by seeking the help of others. The prophets warned kings and people to do away with the unholy political alliances they were making because it was turning their hearts away from trusting in the Lord and from seeking salvation in the coming Messiah alone. Jesus was sent by the Father as the Savior of the world. He walked the streets and visited the towns in Israel, but his own people did not receive him because this was not what was highest on their minds at the time. It was far more important to them that they would be freed from being under an evil world government, from the heavy taxes and the moral corruption of Rome. And all of this blinded them to the fact that more than anything else, 
They needed a Savior who would free them from themselves and the corruption of their own hearts. And since the gospel Jesus preached of a kingdom that is not of this world, they conspired together with the very people they hated, the Herodians, to get rid of the one they desperately needed. Well, friends and brothers and sisters of Jesus, it is a great blessing that as church we have the rock-solid teachings of the Word of God summarized in our beautiful confessions. And we need to treasure them. But not hold them to ourselves. The message of the Christian to the world is this. No matter where you stand on the political spectrum, no matter how high you have climbed on the economic ladder, you need Jesus. Why is the Son of God called Jesus that is Savior? Because He saves His people from their sins, from their rebellion against God, from their transgressions, their selfishness, and their iniquities. Salvation is not to be sought or found in anyone else. Couldn't be stated clearer. You can't have it both ways. Either you believe Jesus is the only and exclusive Savior or you don't. And the implications are life-changing. Those who by true faith accept the Savior must find in Him all things necessary for their salvation, for their eternal well-being. All things Confessing his name is a matter of all or nothing, of life or death. What is your starting point in addressing the issues of the day? Jesus saves by his grace, and that cannot but change how we think, how we speak, how we interact with others. We believe in Jesus. But we do him great dishonor if his name doesn't get mentioned as we talk about what's on our minds, as we go about our daily routines, if people work with you and interact with you and have no clue you believe in Jesus. The name Jesus defines us and confronts us with who we are. His name places before us our sins, our transgressions, our misdeeds, and failures. Boys and girls, are you with me? Every time you pray with your parents or on your own, and you end it with, I pray this in Jesus' name, or for Jesus' sake, you are reminded of who you are. Slow down. And think about what you are saying when you say, for example, Lord, bless this food for Jesus' sake. Amen. You're asking for a blessing. Acknowledging that you are a sinner in need of the grace and the mercy of God 
in need of Jesus. And no human power can free you from your sin and misery or supply you with the blessing you need. No one can deliver you from death or turn your darkness into light, your sorrow into joy. Nobody but Jesus. The Lord saves us from eternal perdition, from hell and damnation with the goal that he would gain back the glory and the honor he was to receive from his sons and daughters. Salvation is not to be sought or found in anyone else but in Jesus. That's radical. But is it too radical? Well, in our pluralistic society where so many are unprepared to say other religions preach a false message of hope, Within that environment, the answer many would give is, well, yes, it is too radical. You are obviously a product of the dark ages if you still think Jesus is the way and the only way, the truth and the absolute truth. But as we stated earlier, what we believe is not dictated by human ideology or opinion, but by the revealed will of the Lord. The exclusive claim that is in the name Jesus was preached to the world right after Jesus ascended into heaven and the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. And the implications were radical. Let's go back to the story we read this afternoon in Acts 3 and 4. And it is noteworthy as we read this to see how the gospel of Jesus changed Peter. From one who, like his fellow Jews, was looking for an earthly savior into a herald of the one who said, my kingdom is not of this world. In Acts 3, we are told about the risen Christ, Jesus healing a man through the ministry of Peter and John. The man was lame since birth. But he gets up and runs through the temple praising God. That attracts attention. A crowd gathers and Peter preaches. And as he preaches, you hear him speak about what this means. This is not just a local religious phenomenon, but has to do with everybody in the world. This Jesus who healed the man is the author of life. Chapter 3, verse 15. He was raised from the dead by the almighty ruler of heaven and earth. And he is waiting now in heaven until the time when he will come and restore all things to what God meant them to be. It's chapter 3, verse 21. And it is through him that all the families of the earth are to be blessed. Chapter 3, verse 25. And that includes your family and every other family in the world that confesses the name of Jesus. The healing of the cripple gives Peter and John an opportunity for a fuller and richer proclamation 
of God's work of salvation in Jesus. All within hearing distance of the message are confronted with their own need for salvation. Peter says, God, having raised up his child Jesus, sent him to you first to bless you in turning every one of you from your wickedness. Verse 26 of chapter 3. The Lord shows love for his people, not only for this cripple, but for his people and healing this man. For his ultimate concern is that all those who stand there and stare in amazement might bow the knee and repent and confess and turn away from sin and be saved in the name of Jesus. Well, there are those who are not pleased. The very people who during the earthly ministry of Christ had politicized religion by wanting a Messiah who would free them from Roman oppression. And they arrest Peter and John, and they put him in custody. And the next morning, the rulers and the elders and the scribes, they gather to interrogate Peter and John. Verse 7 of chapter 4. By what power or by what name did you do this? That is, heal this man. Now watch how Peter demonstrates that the claim of Jesus as Savior is universal. Peter starts with the Jewish context of what took place before he moves on to show the universal character of the name Jesus. Chapter 4, verse 10, Be it known to you all, Peter says, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. So he identifies Jesus as from a particular local village that nobody expected any good to come from. Nazareth. He was a man with a common name, Jesus. He was crucified like a common criminal. Well, he is the one that healed this man. This very Jesus. And this very Jesus is not a local faith healer, but he is Lord of all. And then Peter draws out the implication of this universal lordship of Jesus in verse 12 when he says there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. No other name. And since God raised Jesus of Nazareth from the dead, and since God has made him head over all his house, over all the kingdom and all the redeemed, therefore Jesus and Jesus alone is the only hope of salvation for the nations. And brothers and sisters, we need to feel the force of this universal claim that there is salvation in no one else. Do you understand what this means for yourself and for the message that you and I have for this world? 
and for the place we have in society. In a time of tension and division where we are often hesitant to chat with each other in fear of being on opposite sides of whatever topic, we need to get back to what binds us together. Oh, we can get so engrossed in the issues of our times that it even affects our listening and worship on a Lord's Day. We're on high alert. But is it for the right things? Salvation is not to be sought or found in anyone else. Don't confuse that message of hope, the gospel of Jesus, by aligning yourself with those who think the answer to what ails us is in changing the structures of society or in voting for the right political party. Loud voices that clamor for our attention through social media and other means are confusing believers and driving people to fear, anger, anxiety, worry. The one says this and the other says that. And if we like it or not, we're getting scared. Where are we heading? Are there evil forces and forms behind the policies of world governments? Are technocrats and bureaucrats and democrats working with a secret global agenda that will put us in a squeeze as Christians? Indeed, it can be all so confusing until we settle our hearts with the gospel of Jesus. In him we find salvation. My brother, my sister, do you by true faith accept this Jesus as your only Savior? Then you must find in him all that is necessary for your salvation. You must. That's not a threat, but an imperative built on a promise. There is no other name under heaven, including the heavens over Canada and China and the Ukraine and Russia and Iran and Israel and every other nation by which we must be saved. And notice Peter focuses on the name of Jesus. There is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. His name is his reputation. And that is our entrance into fellowship with the Father. Peter says in Acts 10 verse 43, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. The name of Jesus is the focus of faith and repentance. And in order to, re to believe on Jesus for the forgiveness of sins, you must believe on his name. There is salvation in no one else. And that means that we must make it our mission to have the message of Jesus sound forth clearly. Removing all the clutter that has taken hold of us these last years.
and has clouded our message of the, to the world. Brothers and sisters, I don't know about you, but I need to hear this. I need to hear what Peter said in Acts 3, verse 19 and 20, where he says, Repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. Jesus, through every sermon, delivered in obedience to his word bids me to look away from my opinions and from my relying on earthly help. And I appeal to you, do not despise his coming to you with the gospel. Turn to this Jesus. Do not linger. Do not doubt. Do not hesitate. Repent and find your complete salvation in him today. Let's move on and briefly think on the glory of our salvation in Jesus. It's our second point. For the Jews in the first century, the name Jesus may not have sounded all that glorious. Jesus was a common name. So wouldn't it have been much more glorious if the Messiah had received a very special name, a name nobody had. After all, he is both true man and true God. He is the son of the living God. He is the word who was with God and is God. He is the firstborn of all creation in whom and through whom all things were made. And yet... God instructs Joseph and Mary to give him a very common name, Jesus. Why did God do this? Well, to impress upon our hearts that he who is God of God and light of light was a real man and like all of us. He became one of us and with us to make us whole and to restore us to the glory of paradise. And this is the, why the Father had Joseph name him Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. And he not only saves our souls, but our whole being. The name Jesus declares our salvation is complete and comprehensive. All the miracles, the wonders, the healings performed by Jesus testified to this. And so did the healing of the cripple. In bringing power into the limbs of the cripple, God showed the complete restoration he would bring in Jesus. In both languages of the Bible, to save also means to make whole or to make healthy. Jesus was sent from the Father to make all of life whole and healthy. And he alone could do this because he is without sin. The name of the Lord is great and glorious because his name says what he came to do. It's not like the Old Testament priests 
who first had to offer a sacrifice for their own sin and then for the sins of the people. For he is the perfect sacrifice that makes us whole. And this Jesus saves our life from beginning to end. He takes away all our sins and shortcomings. He makes me a new creation which is perfect, healthy, and strong so that I may live in a new relationship with the Lord. And he is not done yet. He will purge the entire world of anything that, dis- that threatens to destroy life and communion with the Father. All sin, all the consequences of sin will be removed. All our diseases and all our sicknesses and infirmities will be healed. And Jesus has already begun to show the glory of his name in your life by granting you the forgiveness of sins and freedom from the curse of God. And with that, he assures you, the rest of salvation is coming. Do you believe in Jesus? Well, be comforted and assured Those who by a true faith accept the Savior find in Him all that is necessary for their salvation. Yes, he who believes in Him will see the full glory of His name at His coming. He will show His full salvation. Oh, you and I are so immensely blessed to know Jesus and to believe in Him. For confessing the name of Jesus, your eyes will be opened to the glory of your salvation. You will see how your life is wrapped up in the grace of God. No matter how many sins and transgressions, no matter how terrible they may be, God forgives them for Jesus' sake. No matter how bad things get in this dark and evil world, we cling to Jesus and rest secure in his arms. This, beloved, is the glorious message of the name of your Savior, Jesus. And having seen the importance of his name, let us be motivated to speak to others about his name. Let others know that there is no other name under heaven by which they can be saved. Salvation is not to be sought or found in any human solutions or Savior. Give people a Bible. Since Jesus' name and glory is proclaimed on every page, invite people to come to church, to the church of Jesus. Since in this world, filled with distress, sadness, sin, and sorrow, Jesus wonderfully gives us a safe place where we can gather around his word and find security in his name. Well, let the glory of the name of Jesus be heard, proclaimed from the pulpit, And believe by all of us. For there is no name in all the world that is so precious 
as the name of Jesus. Amen.